Hi, everyone. Gary Tester from Catholic Charities, and here with me is... I'm Father Anthony. You know, sometimes I feel like I'm Gary's personal chaplain, but oh, I chaplain would be so Catholic blessed. Charities. I would be so blessed. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's good to see you. Well, it's, it's been a long time. It has been. It but, has been. We have to get more vigorous about these podcasts. Here we are, you know, and, you know, the subject that we're dealing with is very interesting. It is. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. So a little recap. The last podcast we did was about this issue of formation of conscience, and we talked about the fact that we were going to begin a series where we introduce the seven themes of Catholic social teaching. So today we're going to talk about the life and dignity of the human person, which is the first, and in Tester's world, primary theme of Catholic social teaching, and I'm anxious to talk with you about it today. And indeed, it certainly is. Excellent. It's the center of it all. Oh, I love you it know? when we come together like that. <laughs> all right. So, Father, would you open us with prayer? Good. And I have a special prayer from a book called The Liturgy and Catholic Social Teaching. So we begin, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, my brothers and sisters, in times we have neglected the sacredness of life and the dignity of the human person. Let us now ask God to renew his grace within us as we turn to him, seeking to change our actions so that respecting and loving all peoples in the world, we may do his will. Almighty and ever-living God, You sent your only beloved Son, the Word made flesh among us, to bless our common humanity and bond us eternally in spirit with you. May we always reverence this precious gift in all of our brothers and sisters. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, we pray, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. One of the things that I'd like to really mention is that we want to think of a person in in the Old Testament, a man by the name of Joseph. And Joseph was being sold into slavery by his brothers. But prior to wanting to sell him into slavery, the brothers first had considered putting him to death. But the reason they didn't do this is that they said, after all, he is our brother. So they recognized that Joseph was their brother. It therefore means that in recognizing others as our brothers and sisters, is recognizing the fact that they were created by God and created in the image and likeness of God. Therefore, when we also think of the story of Cain and Abel, we realize that we are indeed the keepers of our brothers and sisters. And when we say our brothers and sisters, we mean all persons. And the only reason that we do this is that the person was created by God, and therefore was invested with a certain amount of dignity. And that dignity is actually crowned with the life that Jesus has given through his resurrection. Therefore, as we think about, you know, the dignity of the human person, we know that it is a dignity that begins at conception 
and a dignity which continues right through a natural death. Natural death. And therefore, it is a life that will be crowned with the glory of the resurrection. It is therefore in this light that we will be presenting our podcast today. Nicely done, Father. You make me smile. You know, this is a complex issue. And I think out of the power of our intellect, we tend to take it in areas that it really doesn't need to go. What I just heard you say was that we are formed in the image and likeness of the creator of the entire universe. We are unique in that respect and that we share that and that at the moment of conception until the moment of natural death, that creation is God's. Indeed. Didn't God say that before you were in your mother's womb? I knew knew you. you. Yes. In fact, so I did a little homework. hmm. I found this beautiful reflection or in my head, I created what I think is a beautiful reflection based on Genesis Mm 2-7. And it's the creation of Adam. And God essentially forms Adam out of the clay, and he breathes into his nostrils. And when I think about that, you know, I I have to admit, I've read the creation story many, many times. I've heard it talked about, but I've never put it into the context that it registered with me this last time. God himself, the creator of the entire universe, breathed life into Adam. And if he breathed life into Adam, then I take that to mean that he breathed life into each and every one of us. And again, I I don't mean to overstate it, but he's the creator of the entire universe. And he breathed and gave me life. I'm recalling as you speak a poem by James Weldon Johnson entitled The Creation. And in that poem, James Weldon Johnson talks about the great God Almighty who stooped down and molded from the clay humankind. And the poem ends with it saying, And God breathed into him the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And the last words of the poem, two words, Amen, Amen. I love it. So there it is. Well, and it's, you know, it's, it's so when, when we come from that standpoint, and we are, I'm not saying that other faith groups don't share this viewpoint, but I think one of the really beautiful things about the Catholic faith, the Roman Catholic faith, is that we hold life to be sacred. It is the first tenet of Catholic social teaching. And we get, I know in, in the work at Catholic Charities, Father, I talk to lots of folks who are active in their faith groups, but outside the Catholic faith. And one of the things that constantly emerges is an appreciation for Catholic social teaching because it's so well formed. It's so well done. And it, I, I just have to say it, it boggles my mind when we see the world struggle. We, we see Catholic struggle with this notion of the sacredness and dignity of human life. And so part of what I wanted to be able to talk about today in terms of this theme of social teaching, is there a way that we can cement this into our being so that we can be properly catechized? And I don't mean to sound judgmental, but I am in the sense that if I believe that at the moment of conception, God has breathed life into that baby in the womb, and that soul is fully formed at that moment in that baby in the womb, then I don't know how 
I can do anything but respect that baby in the womb. And as you pointed out with the story of Joseph, if I can extrapolate a bit, if I don't believe that the little one in the womb, the baby in the womb, is a living, breathing human being, they just breathe different than they do when they're out in the world. If we don't believe that that is a sacred life created by God, then there's no way we can possibly hold any other aspect of life sacred. And what this theme says to do is hold all life sacred in all phases and all stages. Yes, because we start somewhere, don't we? Yes. And and I think that that the reason people don't get it is that sometimes people think, you know, oh, well, I can't see that child. But all of us are seen by God. And that is, so the root of our faith, we are made by God and God sees us. You know, so if God would see us even before we were in our mother's womb, it means that he sees us all along the, the way. But the other thing is that, yes, very often, although we're given this podcast and we're talking, it goes beyond words. Mm-hmm. It's the actions that we do. And I'm probably being very selfish here when I think of Catholic charities. And I would say, in Catholic charities, we actually carry out the principles of the church's social teaching, basing everything primarily on the dignity of the human person. Because Everything that we do, just, just think about it, mm-hmm. you know, so our ministry to the born and the unborn, or ministry to persons who are being human trafficked, you know, our ministry to persons who are immigrants, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just think of all of this. The hungry, we, the homeless. Yes, you know, mm-hmm. we're showing we respect the dignity of the human person, and therefore we not only say it, but we do it. Amen. Mm. I think it's absolutely important that we do all that we can to emphasize. I, I've, I've often said, and you know on the days where we're providing food, the line forms around the building, and it's been that way since the pandemic began. And I've always commented on how much courage it takes for an adult to come and stand in a line on Semarin Boulevard, sometimes for an hour, hour and a half, acknowledging that I, at this point in time in my life, I am not able to provide for my family the food that they need. Can you help me? Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are folks who will say they need to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. They need to be responsible and feed their family. And I would state to them that the greatest act of responsibility that they could show is standing in that line to say that I need help. And that's respecting that. You you know, because you're our chaplain, we talk to our staff all the time. Everybody who comes to us is precious. Respect them. Acknowledge, their, not give them dignity. They already have dignity. God created them. Acknowledge their dignity. Acknowledge the sacredness of their life and the lives that they are here to help. You know, one day I saw someone in that line and he was actually wearing a uniform So I know that it is someone who is employed, but yet at the same time, not knowing his story, he, in that uniform, 
was still looking for help because no doubt he had other members of his family who may have been affected by COVID in one way or another, and he wanted to help them. And you think, okay, here it is. He is making himself undignified. And if we fed into that, then we would be full of sin. But by giving them something to eat, as Jesus, when he fed the 5,000, said, give them something to eat yourselves. So we are actually raising that person up and all these persons, showing them, we respect you, we love you. You know, I think about the idea that this issue of the sacredness of life becomes extremely political. Mm. And yet, if we can pull ourselves away from the concept of politics, this is really a fundamental principle of faith. Our Christian faith, certainly our Roman Catholic faith, that life is sacred. And as you so eloquently pointed out, it is sacred from the moment of conception until the moment of natural death. How can we as people of God be more vigilant in helping to proclaim the dignity of each human life? You know, I'm, I'm sorry that I didn't bring the missile with me, but there are four Eucharistic prayers that we have in the Missal for special occasions. And, and they have titles. And the fourth one of these says, you know, Jesus went about doing good. And in that Eucharistic prayer, the words, open our eyes that we may see the needs of our brothers and sisters. Therefore, it means that we have to become conscious that God has given us eyes, eyes that we can see. But not only should we open our eyes, but we should open our hearts to our brothers and sisters so that we can bring them hope, because that's what is needed. And if we respect these persons, then we are going to, to bring them that hope, respecting our brothers and sisters. We should therefore become aware of who we are and what we have, what our resources are. You know, during this season of Lent, we hear in the gospel reading about um, the rich man and Lazarus. And when we think of the, the rich man who was dressed in fine purple, so I, I, I thought of myself, you know, as, as a priest, you know, dressed in my fine purple vestments on, on that day. But then there was Lazarus outside his door mm -hmm. who had the sores. And I believe that it is about not looking at the external, but about the sores. Because that rich man, he had the external garments, but his interior was full of sores. Lazarus, who had the sores on his body, he was clothed inside with that garment. And he looked sharp inside and looked mm -hmm. sharp to God. Mm -hmm. And therefore, this is how we need to be aware of the needs of our brothers and sisters. You know, we have an expression in Jamaica that says, the dog is sweating profusely but we can't see it because it is covered by the long hairs that the dog has. <laughs> so 
we don't know what's happening inside a person mm -hmm. but we need to become aware of their hearts well you know when you and i talked about formation of conscience one of the things that you were very thorough with me on was we start with sacred scripture we go to sacred tradition and then if there are questions we can go to canon mm -hmm. law and once we're familiar with what each of those sources tells us, then we can truly say that we formed our conscience. Mm -hmm. And if I think about what you just said, and again, this, this gamut from, you know, the crass terms are from the womb to the tomb. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't prefer to talk that way. I think from the moment of conception to the moment of natural death is, is beautiful. But if we think of um, Psalm 139, mm -hmm. It says, God formed each of us and knows us intimately. So again, it, it orchestrates, underscores the beauty of that initial life, the baby in the womb. And then we have in the Gospel of Luke, we have the story of the Good Samaritan that just affirms for us exactly what you just said. And recognize the inherent dignity of a human life, we know what to do. Scripture, again, we go back to you said, start with Scripture. Scripture tells us. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, and, and that is why so we lift them up. And when we don't only just lift them up, but we put them on our own animal. Yes. In other words, we are willing to share. And also, we have to think, what is that oil and wine that we pour in? Mm -hmm. You know, and we have to make sure that it is good wine, not the little cheap wine that we buy in certain places, mm -hmm. but, but the good wine, you know, the the grand Merlots that we can find, you know, give them that good wine because we have to care for their lives. Well, and that reminds me of the story of the widow's mite, taking it probably a bit out of context, but she gave what she had to help those in need. In this case, the offering in the temple. But she gave out of her very sustenance. And I think we live in a world today where it's much easier to stay in our own personal comfort zones and so I hear the plight of the poor, and I sure hope that they get help. Thank God I'm not poor. And Father, I reflect on the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Mm -hmm. Part of what God gives us the ability to do if we'll simply, the tester's opinion, if we'll open ourselves up to him, he gives us the ability to empathize with the poor. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot more work not to than it does to actually feel their pain and walk with them. And, and when we empathize with the poor, what are we doing? We're actually showing mercy because mercy is true empathy. And blessed are the merciful for mercy will be shown to them. And, and therefore, this becomes a way of life, not just some words that we say, but it is our way of life. Mercy, you see, and, and if we do this, you know, the world would become so much of a better place. But I don't know what it is that we are sometimes afraid of. I don't know if I've shared with you, but Lynn and I watched a movie, The Devil and Daniel Webster. Mm -hmm. It's an old black and white film from like 1942. Oh, way before mm -hmm. my time. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was a toddler then. <laughs> you know, and in the movie, um, the character of the enemy, the evil one, the name is Scratch. And Scratch makes a comment that is just poignant. Referring to the Civil War, he says, The North thought I was for the South, 
and the South thought I was for the North. And I was. And I think that's what we deal with here in the world. Mm -hmm. The devil mocks everything that God ordains and creates. It's just, it's the nature of spiritual warfare. And in a world where we should be able to look at one another and I love you, Father Anthony Aarons, because God created you and he blessed my life with you in it. If I can't see that, if I'm blinded to that, then there's nothing that you and I have in common. Nothing. Mm -hmm. But if I see that, I can't shake it. Once it's there, it's there. It's a knowledge I can't forego. And I worry that in our world today, we've forgotten that knowledge. You know, here in the state of Florida, uh, last year, they introduced legislation that, that would promote uh, assisted suicide. Now, we've not seen it pop back up this year, but, you know, the minute they start to talk that way, it's there. And we're, we're dealing in a, in a country where the restrictions on abortion are obviously being loosened. There's more money going into that terrible sin. And I think that what happens is scratch is working to blind us so that we can't see the truth of the, of the Scripture and the tradition and the canon law. And as a result, we kind of puff up a little bit and say, I can make my own decisions. In my mind, in, in my heart and soul, it just violates everything that Scripture tells us to do. And, and that's what we're talking about. Well, you know, prior to, to starting the recording of this podcast, we were talking about truth, weren't we? Yes. And... It is that when people make their own decisions, is that they say, I'm doing that according to my truth. <laughs> and there can only be one truth. Because if we have more than one truth, mm -hmm. you know, it's like having a purse with more than one head. And if, if the purse is with more than one head, what do we call that? <laughs> huh? A mutation from my <laughs> you know, you know, and 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 a, and a, and a monster, yes, right? Yes, and and so we have gotten to this position where we're living monstrous lives, and I'm and I'm not condemning people, you know. Understood. But but it is that there can only be one truth, and the one truth that we are putting forward at this moment, where this subject is concerned, it is that the human life is sacred. <laughs> Amen. And it's sacred because this life was created by God. And that is what we need to respect. You know, I'm reminded, you've, you've brought up a couple of times that we're in the season of Lent. I'm reminded of the book of the prophet Joel, where he says, rend your hearts, not your garments. Mm -hmm. And he points out that now is the appropriate time. Mm -hmm. And so I think what we're trying to encourage through our dialogue, we're hoping it helps folks we're encouraging them to consider where their hearts are mm. in regard to the sacredness and dignity of each human life. Mm. And if you need to reorient the way you think so that you come back to the truth of Jesus Christ, so that you follow the traditions of the Catholic Church, now is the suitable mm. time to do that. And where your heart is, that is where your treasure is. <laughs> Amen. Mm -hmm. Father, how would you wrap us up today? Well, I, I have another prayer that, I, that I'd love to use here. Lord our God, you have blessed us with a precious gift of life, a gift ever to be reverenced, nurtured, and shared. We thank you and pledge our very lives to uphold the dignity and the sanctity of all life by binding ourselves ever to you, you who are the source of life, and the font of love eternal. 
through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Great spending time with you, Father. As always, let's do this again soon. We shall. We have six more to go, at least. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get busy. 